this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I like my eggs sunny side up, and I'm Evan. I'm a bride in a wedding of my nightmares, and I'm Ronnie. If you couldn't tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we happen to... I don't know, fucking watch garbage TV and shit, and then try and talk about it. We're currently covering NBC. Don't show your hand too early there or anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It lasted for a single season. We recorded shows that last for a I'm covering NBC's The Cape, and before we get into that, I have a bit. Wait, wait, wait. We we are are joined again by... Yeah. (laughs) Someone who did not get to introduce themselves. The host of Satan and Rainbows, Ms. Nate Treese. Hi, thanks so much for having me back again, gang. I did listen to last week's episode and have some follow-up comments. I had some apologies. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have gotten a little heated there towards the end. Could Yeah, is that what the bit's going to be? An apology (laughs) of a full... It'll be warm-up for when I can finally apologize to Mr. Matthew Mercer and the cast of Critical Role. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I, I... I, I mean, I don't necessarily love being told to fuck off multiple times uh, on a show that thousands of people might listen to. Um, I I will say I, I kind of feel like it is my fault that y'all are doing this, uh, this, uh, this show. So I kind of feel like like a shitty like GOP politician who's like said some like awful like things about immigrants. And then I'm like, um, but be nice to me when you see me in public. <laughs> yes, I've, I've done and said terrible things, but please some civility. So I don't really have much of a leg to stand on, except I'm like, <laughs> oh, just put it in a strongly worded letter and send it to my secretary. Don't, don't have some civility. Uh, well, I don't, I don't remember what I said last week. I tend to black out. When we record. Oh, it was so. just fuck you a bunch. It was just fuck you a bunch. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I'm sorry. Whoops. Oh, you're fine. You, you I deserve it. You could have at least it. been creative. Yeah, I could have come up with... You could have called Nate a slut or something. I could have come up with something better than fuck off. Hey, that's sure. not necessarily... Uh... Yeah, Nate, you In... slut. Oh. <laughs> Nate, just cover the show. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, what's the bit? What's the bit? Great bit. The bit. The bit is. Um, Did you forget? No, I didn't forget. Jesus, let me get to it. <laughs> We're getting to it. I'm. I'm about to explain the bit. The bit is. Uh, if you were forced to creepily marry someone because of zombie. Drugs. Who would you want it to be? Is, are you for real? Is that the bit? No, that was a joke bit. I have a better bit behind that bit. Um, Did you forget the bit? I didn't forget the bit. The bit is uh, if you could see a 1970s holiday special a la Star Wars The Holiday Special from any of the shows we've covered thus far, which one would you want to see? 
Mm. Nate hasn't been here for most of the shows we've covered, so you've kind of Nate uh, listens. You've kind of functionally excluded Nate. Nate can pick the- another show then. Okay. <laughs> Nate can pick the cape. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Uh, maybe Dresden Files. That seems like it would be a delightfully terrible Christmas episode. Paul Blackthorne would carry it on his back like he did most of the Dresden Files. Well, sure, but it'd be weird and have some weird sex stuff in it. Probably. Which is in keeping, like, traditionally with the the Star Wars holiday special. It's got a long sequence of weird sex stuff in it. That's true. Chewie's dad watches a bunch of weird porn. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> That's right. This is true. This is if you've never seen the Star Wars holiday special. This is not a goof. He watches space <laughs> porn, and we, the audience, see it through his VR headset for a, a very long time, for several entire <laughs> minutes. Of lots the film. of grunting too. Lots of lots of itchy <laughs> grunting. Yeah. His, his name is Itchy. It's not <laughs> canonically not like scratching yes. while grunting, but <laughs> he might as well be. <laughs> it couldn't have made the scene any worse. Ronnie, what holiday special would you want to watch? I I have to say selfie, uh, because I am contractually obligated to bring up selfie at any possible opportunity I could, but mm-hmm. only because it's musical based, and you know my holiday special is gonna have lots of big uh big band, big show stopping numbers. Ooh. That's on brand, yeah. Yeah. I, I just watched the uh the Casey Musgraves. Uh, Christmas special on uh, Amazon Prime, and that was fun. It was super campy and cheesy, but but is is right up my alley. I don't know who that is. Uh, she I believe that she won uh, uh album of the year and artist of the year and all the great great Grammys a couple years ago. Uh, she's yeah, great. she's you like a country so. a country gal. She's mm. a country gal, but she's also like super like hey, be like like we love LGBTQ folks. Um. She's 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 great. She's she's not a, a shithead. I find that most of the women in country are fine. All of the men in country are garbage. <laughs> it, um, except that one guy who dresses like a JoJo character, the black one. Doesn't he? Isn't he a country artist? Or is he a? Oh, Lil Nas X. Yes, yes, this one. He's well. I, it's disputed whether or not he is he is yeah. country or not. He would say yes, but the country music charts uh, would say no. Well, of course right. they would, because fuck them. I mean, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but he's but he's gay and he is like very open about it. And uh, and honestly, like I think most people tune into like country music related television events only because he's going to be there. So I would say they should embrace him if they're smart. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's cool. I like him. Uh, all the other men in country, though, are the worst. And all the women in country seem fine. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, wait, do I have to choose a holiday special yes, now? Yes, you have, to, you have oh. to invent a holiday special. Okay. Uh, uh, Wolverine the X-Men. Damn it, that uh, was my answer. Ha! <laughs> very good. The, the children at... Uh, Xavier's Westchester school for uh, dying uh, are um, they they say, oh, Santa's Santa's around. We've seen Santa in the area. It turns out it's just Forge using his powers of invention to create really cool, awesome, practical gifts specifically tailored for each person with the help 
of uh, one of the telepaths on staff, uh, and he's projecting uh, a holographic uh, Santa's sleigh uh, to cheer everybody up. And uh, Nightcrawler is a literal elf helping out because that's what Wolverine always calls him. That's good. I want I want Kurt in a Santa hat. He would be so happy. He must love Christmas. He's that kind of a guy. Oh, of course. I'm I'm real salty that you picked my show. Um, <laughs> I, I did have two answers though because it's very on brand for Andy. My second answer is Roar, because of course Christmas had only just barely been invented. Literal Saint Nicholas can show up, and oh, yeah, um, and and maybe maybe you can have like I don't know the Apostle John show up. <laughs> It's and like Yule versus Christmas. Yeah, well, maybe something like that. I don't know. It'll be great. Good old, I, good old Heath Ledger uh, meeting the Apostle John and meeting Saint Nicholas and learning about I the true spirit that. of Christmas. Remember that one fucking wild episode of Roar where it was like Mad Max Thunderdome for a minute and everything turned red and like they were um, like sword fighting in a pit and Roar was a buck wild adventure. Uh, it's. I think about that episode every now and then. It just springs up out of the the font of my memory, and I, I'm like, "What the fuck was going on?" I think a lot about <laughs> Heath Ledger throwing a spear at God, just throwing it in, into into the into God, and just yeah, just lobbing that thing up as hard as he can. <laughs> yeah, that sure was a show. Oh, they'd invent the Christmas tree. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. They they'd, they'd invent a Christmas tree at the end of Roar. Uh, I mean, they Christmas could invent special. so much. I, I picture the humor of that show being such like with like, well, there's nowhere for me to go but down the chimney. Have you ever heard of someone coming down the chimney? What could be more ridiculous than that? Or oh, they yeah, say, the, oh, the big barbarian man would get real like, you want me to go down a chimney? What? <laughs> a chimney? <laughs> I'd uh, I'd be sure to give the black character two lines which would double the dialogue he'd, uh, he spoke wow. through all of season one of Roar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Would, would, would the woman in the in the episode live to the end of the episode? She'd be tortured. Uh, uh. But then, like, the Christmas miracle would be that she lived. Oh, goodness. Whoa. Really upsetting the apple cart. Yeah, because you have to have a mistletoe joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'd be like, oh, this is a tradition now. Anytime we're under mistletoe, we'll kiss in the future. This is uh, this is pretty much exactly how that episode would go. Yeah, I'm very good <laughs> yep. at my job. Yeah. <laughs> and to think, I came up with this bit after Evan shat all over the first bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer to your first bit is, I would not zombie powder <laughs> someone and then make them marry me. No, you were being zombie powdered and being forced to marry someone. Oh. Yeah, why do I have a choice of who it is? Yeah, it, it really it doesn't seems matter because like no matter what, I would hate them. Like, there's no upside. Oh, that's. I, I mean, mean, that's fair. Maybe it was a bad bit. I mean, um, I feel like maybe, unless you're doing, maybe you're the doing Kate so- shouldn't have done it. Yeah, maybe it was a bad. <laughs> let's talk about this show. Let's talk about right. this show. Let's talk about. Let's talk can, about this show. If we can show. call it a we show, watched, we watched episodes six, seven, and eight of uh, NBC's The Cape. Uh, Evan, tell tell us about these episodes. So I have this episode summary pulled up, and it's telling me that things happened in episode six. 
but I'm not totally sure that this isn't all made up because the only thing, the one single thing I remember about episode six is that there was a flashback scene and this um, Vince and his wife were in the kitchen and (laughs) (laughs) and um, Vince delivered the worst, worst, the most unsettling, uncomfortable line (laughs) in the history of television. Uh, which is that his wife said, how would you like your eggs? And he said, fertilized. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good. My my soul departed my body when he said that line. (laughs) And... um. I I just like none of the rest of the episode mattered to me. Allegedly, uh, like two bad guys got hired to go after Vince. It it very much felt like a filler episode anyway. That like the big baddie, the you know the chess guy, he hired two like hitmen. To go after Vince, and he just spent the episode being the cape and running from the bad guys. None of this was consequential in any way. There was, like, a lot of, like, there's some kind of parallelism with, like, playing with his child or something. Uh, Like, he didn't get to play with his kid, and he's sad about it. Which is, like, the thread that just kind of holds all of these episodes together. Like, oh, I want my life back. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ugh, My pain. Um, But, yeah. There was, nothing happened in this episode except that the worst line in the history of television was delivered. <laughs> um, seven and eight was a two-parter, and it was called collectively "The Lich" parts one and two. And um, it was excruciating. It was very long. Uh, there was this guy, and he was blowing powder in people's faces, and the people were like turning into zombies. Uh. And this uh, this woman. The, the carnies like rescued her and she was like giving them hints because she was like halfway hypnotized and they were like trying to uh, break her out of this zombie trance she was in. And she was like, oh, the lich, oh, the lich. And uh, giving them a kind of a lot of like false half clues. And so that they, they thought that this uh, old guy in a hat was the lich when in fact the lich was the way this is connected in the main plot is that the big baddie, um, what is his name? Chess. Chess. Well, I mean. Slash Peter Fleming. Yes, Peter Fleming. Chess, but not currently acting as chess. He's just currently mm-hmm. acting as a a, a corporate businessman. Uh, he's trying to, like, buy a port so he can <laughs> circumnavigate, uh, or circumvent, rather, circumnavigates in a boat. Uh, he's trying to. Uh, circumvent, uh, like, import laws or some nonsense like that, because that's how it works if you own a port. If you just own a port, you can do whatever you want. Um, and there's, like, a lost heir to this port, and if they find the the person who rightfully owns uh, this port by inheritance, they can foil his evil plan to buy a port and import whatever he wants into the city. And uh, it turns out that this uh, long-lost 
air baby grew up to be a crazy psycho man called the lich and he mixes chemicals he's got some kind of like facial uh like skin condition or something and he's like he's got a phantom of the opera thing going on where he's like oh, i'm hideous i must hide from the world and he's mixing potions and stuff. And the guy they thought was the lich was actually the, like, psychiatrist who was supposed to be, uh, like, taking care of him in his, like, institution that he lives in. He's in, like, a mental hospital. And the, the dude has hypnotized the, uh, the, like, head doctor and all the nurses, and they're, like, serving him, and he... Uh, kidnaps Summer Glau and hypnotizes, or not hypnotizes her, uh, he, he, uh, like, zombie chemical powder, uh, manipulates her into, like, marrying him in a weird, creepy, basement spooky wedding. Vince saves the day just in time, woohoo. Uh, and then, like, also, while she's, like, under the influence of this, like, zombie powder... Uh, we learn that she's like, she's hallucinating that she's marrying Vince, which I guess is what she secretly wants. And that is why she's like, this is her fever dream in her zombie hallucination. When in fact, she's like in a basement marrying this creepy man. She's like dreaming that she's marrying Vince. And then in that same fever dream hallucination, uh, we, we, the audience, learn that uh, Peter Fleming is her dad, and that's her connection to this whole thing. This is why she's a hacker, and she's helping the good guys. She's trying to bring down her dad, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they save her from the, um, uh, the lich, the... Creepy guy. I don't know what they do with him. Well, they drop what do they a, do with him? Uh, they drop a, a shelf on him, I, think, I guess. Does he die? Do they put him in jail? I don't remember. No, they say they say to tie him. I think they do put him in jail. Okay. That is what happens. Yeah, because they, they- He, he they drops a cabinet on the guy, and then he's like, tie him up. And then later, they're like, he's in jail, but he technically still owns that property, so we won? <laughs> uh... Also, um, I don't think you, like, if you're, like, in a psych hospital, I don't know that you get to keep your inheritance. I don't think that's how that no, works. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah. And yeah. also, like, just just saying this from, from having worked in the financial industry for a while, like, if you die, like, without any heirs, then your shit gets escheated to the state like within like a couple of years tops. So like the whole thing about like, Oh, that money, all this wealth of the people who founded the city is just like sitting around because technically it belongs to no one. It's like, Oh yeah. You know how, you know how local and regional governments are like, you know, so eager to let that stuff slide and not claim yeah. money that has no, <laughs> no heirs. Better just let these millions of dollars sit in a, you know, millions of dollars worth of assets sit around and rot because uh, just in case this person happens to have had a long just, lost baby that they don't know about, you know, just in case. Yeah. But all it needed, they needed to do was register that piece of paper at the county clerk's office and then it would be fine after mm. 40 something years, 
30 something years. I don't know. Time. Yeah. The dude looked like he was in his thirties. So. Well, uh, there we go. We watch these three episodes. Be sure did watch him. Excellent summation. <laughs> yeah, Th- yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's rattle right down the line. Uh, Hey Andy. Yeah. These three episodes of NBC's The Cape, did they work for you? You know what, Ronnie? They fucking did it. They mm. really did it. That's Fair about enough. all I got to say to that. Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, Nate. Yeah. These three episodes of your your personal NBC uh-huh. The Cape, uh, did they work for you? I did no. I mean, parts of episode seven seemed like maybe they were going to work for me for a little bit. Uh, For a while, it seemed like maybe there would be an episode I'd enjoy all the way through. uh, But then it took a real nosedive. And so, no. Hey, Evan. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes of NBC's The Cape, did they work for you? No. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. I got a feeling that these episodes didn't work for you, but I feel like I should ask anyway. Did they? I'm going to need you all to love me through this. Um, They did. They super duper did work for me. What the oh. fuck, Ronnie? It, what it, you didn't even. I very much enjoy. I you didn't thought even like the last segment of episodes that we watched. I like, thought for I'm, sure the weird, creepy marriage is going to be like a hard no for Ronnie. So here's oh. the thing. Here's the thing. Oh my I, god! Listen, we I I have a role to play on this podcast, and I'm you not do, saying. And I love you. And I love I'm not you. saying we don't want you to be disingenuous. No, 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 it. that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm I'm, not saying disingenuous. I was listening back to the last episode and I said, hmm, looks like we did some pretty good analysis. But I sat back and thought, now that I've heard like everybody pile on, like, am I giving this show a fair shot? So I turned the the gray style a little bit extra as I watched these episodes of NBC's The Cape. And, uh, and, and, you know, I didn't look for as I, I, of course, you know, wasn't dishonest with myself or dishonest with the show. There are definitely things that did not work, but I wasn't like exclusively looking for those things. I was more looking for the things that did work. And what came out on the other side is this guy right here saying these three episodes of NBC's The Cape, they've ruled. I really enjoyed these episodes. They, they literally fucked up Chekhov's gun. Ronnie. <laughs> it was a gun that Goliath had, and I was like, dope, Goliath's got a shotgun. He's gonna fuck up some motherfuckers. And he did not shoot one person with it, and the cape is like, they're they're brainwashed, they're victims. And I was like, you brought a gun? And he didn't even use it. Ronnie, How do you fail Chekhov's gun? I've been eating cookies this entire episode, <laughs> but I've been trying to do it like real quiet. I haven't been 100% succeeding, but I've been really trying. And I just like, I just want to illustrate that while you were speaking, I was very loudly eating a cookie because I've lost all <laughs> respect for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I need you to love me through this. I really I need support love you, in this tr- 
In this trying time of enjoying three episodes of NBC's The Gate, I really need a little bit of a support system here. All right, let's talk I, about I, I what su- works. I'm, I support you, Ronnie. I support you. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, yeah, let's talk about what works. I'm sorry, Ronnie. That was mean. Then, I'm just, I'm just, um. Take it out on Nate, babe. I'm, 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 this wasn't the news I was expecting to hear. Listen. When I came into not, this room it's today. It's not the news I was expecting to create, but we don't, we don't get to choose these things, Evan. Um, the writers of the Cape do. Um, Ronnie doesn't so, get to choose what shows he loves. It was predestined for Ronnie to love the Cape. Mm. Listen, if I could choose the shows I loved, then I wouldn't love this show. I definitely would still love Selfie. That that is a gem. Would, that is a diamond in the rough. Ronnie would only love High School Musical, the musical, the movie, the musical. Uh, oh, you're so close, but it, it, that's a better title. High School anyway. Musical. The, the musical, movie, the musical, the series, the TV show, the series, it's the series, the podcast. <laughs> before we get into the Cape, what worked, and before we talk more about High School Musical, uh, as we are apparently want to do when Nate joins us, let's take a quick break and hear from not like this show, but a very good show that everyone can agree is good from the Lunar Light Studio family of podcasts. Guys, guess what? What's up? I know we've been looking for a great Overwatch podcast, and I think I just found the perfect one. Another one? Do they do a ton of esports coverage, too? Nope, they're filthy casuals, just like us. Okay, but are they, like, super boring jerks? Or are they really toxic, like a lot of the community? No, they're total friends, and they're really welcoming to both new and experienced players. Okay, cool. They sound alright, but are they, like, obsessed with Overwatch? I mean, it is great, but there are other video games. They really make me work for it. No, in fact, they talk about a different video game every episode. Huh, maybe that is worth my time. What's it called? Overwitch. Like, like a magic spell switch kind of witch? No, kind of like which game you should play. Woof, that is not a great name for a podcast. Yeah, that's not It's yeah, not one. the best name. Just give it a try. He certainly wasn't missing from the game, but yeah, he's uh-huh. a fun addition. I want to talk about how this game tackles minorities. So he's not Torbjorn anymore, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, he's actually Torbjorn's little brother, Morbjorn. Overwitch is a proud member of Lunar Light Studio. Catch us every other Friday. These three episodes, let's talk about and let's Hang on, let me crack into my can of tab cola here real quick. I'm just cracking into a can of tab cola because we're gonna be here a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what worked do about these three in, episodes? Do it right into the mic, Nate. I actually I, I just broke the, the little tab and it fell into the can, and uh, that's about apt for what's going on. I Andy, Andy, share your confession. I have a confession. Goggles and Hicks worked for me. Goggle and Hicks freaking rule! Goggles, Goggles and Hicks rocked my socks. Goggles was so good. Like, he was like, oh, he was a perfect, like, depiction of, of nerd guy culture without being explicitly toxic for a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't overplayed. Was the hacker Yeah, guy? He, he was the, mm-hmm. he had the, the wheelchair and he had, like, the real big glasses and then he had his... His crime buddy Hicks, yeah. and I liked their like friendship. I liked 
um, that we saw a supervillain in a wheelchair and mm-hmm. like there weren't any jokes at his expense. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, in you know, in like draft one, they had his code name be something like oh, insulting it, about his uh, his wheelchair. Yeah, they definitely at some point had like a uh, a Hugh Jackman. What's your X-Men name? Wheels. Like joke in there yeah. at some point yeah. that got cut, and thankfully it did get cut because I liked I liked Hicks and I liked Goggles. I will say that he was a part of the Tarot, and his card was the Chariot. But that seems oh, I didn't even realize that, Ronnie. Realize that's you're that. right. Yeah, fuck. I feel okay, like it. It. it well, I, make, I do that feel like seem, it, that doesn't seem disrespectful, though. No, no, I, it. It's a little on the nose. The chariot might just have been their badass like wizard van that they were in. Yeah, they, they in did a have a badass yeah. wizard van. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could not tell you what happened in the last ten minutes of Goggles <laughs> and Hicks. I do not know how it ended. I don't know who got caught. I don't know exactly what the motivation of the. I don't know what the point of the episode was. Uh, but I liked Goggles and I liked Hicks and I liked uh, the Bumblebee. When I say that I tuned out after that fertilized eggs line, I, I literally mean that I could not remember for the... And I watched the show like two days ago. I could not remember for the life of me what happened in that entire episode until y'all started talking about it. That's how yeah. jarring that line was for me. I'm, so. I'm not going to sit here and defend any flashback that this show goes on. Like, they're all bad. <laughs> they're all terrible. That joke, I literally... Like, I, if you're like a cishet teen guy and you like are, are joking with your friends about like pickup lines in the seventh grade, how do you like your eggs fertilized is definitely one that comes up and it's gross then it's gross now. And it's gross for this grown man to say it to his wife and for yeah. her to take it as an earnest statement that he wants to have children. Yeah. That, yeah. Like this man said this <laughs> to his wife sensually uh, like a yeah. come on yeah like yeah like she's wearing one of his shirts <laughs> and nothing else it seemed like and kind of being like hey our son's still asleep and she was like they were like having like a nice intimate moment as a husband and wife and his response to how do you like your eggs was fertilized which i, I wanted her to be like well if i but then there would be like dead baby chicks inside of the <laughs> eggs. I just, I don't know how disgusting. heterosexuals work. Maybe that's just like heterosexual culture. Hmm. I mean, kind they, of <laughs> straight people do disgust me. So maybe that's how they all are. I don't know. I mean, honestly, that does kind of track like a, 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 a loving wife who puts up with a lot asking a, a, a question in good faith to then be met with a vile, like, come on, that was totally unneeded. I mean, yeah, that, that kind of works. That's kind of the shit, that, the shit that like cishet women put up with from these dudes. I don't. Oh, wow. And then and then on top of all of that, you know, from that flashback, that man is going to be she's going to have to also endure that man being framed for murder and destroying. After that line. <laughs> exactly. Only, like, only a murdering sociopath would have said fertilize. 
Christ. I wonder maybe that's why she's having such a hard time coming to terms with his, you know, innocence and trip, you know, believes it so 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 immediately if she's like, well, he did say that one thing about my ovaries <laughs> that one time. He did I, once tell me he wanted his eggs fertilized. So I, you know. I find it amazing that we entered this this segment and Evan has seamlessly made this what made didn't negatives. work. <laughs> What else? Okay, was batting an eyelash. We all uh, went along with it. I have not specifically about that episode, but uh, I will say I agree with Nate. Episode seven had some things in it that made me think at first that I was gonna like it. It felt a little bit like Hannibal or something for a minute. Like mm-hmm, it was a strange, mm-hmm. almost supernatural, slightly surrealist, like murder mystery thing going on with the. This dude and the powder and the like the weird it 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 had a decent setup. Yeah, I was I with it, uh, but it just it went downhill. But but they had they had the kernel of something good that they could have turned. I my attention my attention was there for uh a, the good first like twelve to fifteen minutes. In terms of um, characters getting to be, like, badass that I feel like Hollywood doesn't normally portray that way, um, the the little person, I'm blanking on the character's name and the actor's name. Rolo. Rolo's just fucking got great fight scenes. And every single time he uses his size in a very believable, advantageous way... It's not over the top. It's not silly. And he just fucking kicks ass. Like, he beats the shit out of, like, four dudes in these three shitty, shitty episodes. And, well, two really shitty, one okay. But, um, yeah, he's great. And I, I like the, the like, stunt work with him. It, it's good stuff. Um, to, to double back to my, my best friends, Goggles and Hicks. Um, They're great. I'm just going to keep saying that. Everything about it is just like they end up with like they try and kill Vince the first time with a gun drone. And the the negative in my head is like, you know, there's probably way more efficient ways to try and kill this guy than with a drone with a drone with a gun on it. But like that's their whole bag is like the creative like it might be more difficult, but it's going to have a lot more flair and and we're going to, like, track this guy and really, like, stew with him for a while before we try this, like, really over-the-top, like, assassination attempt. Um, it just, like, it, it, it worked. Like, it, it made sense for, like, the characters that they had set up, which is, like, different from other characters in the show where they've been set up as, like, totally bland, blank canvases only to have, like, the show painted upon them. They just came in and were like, here's our deal. We're going to do fun stuff. I do like too how they like study their target and find mm-hmm. like the most uh, like satisfying way to murder them. And Goggles and Hicks' answer for murdering Vince Faraday was, "We're going to kill him at his son's little league game." That was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they like. It, it, it reinforces and this might be kind of a negative, but I think it, I think in my head canon of the show, it works out. It reinforces the fact that Vince Faraday, a.k.a. the cape, is the worst part of this show um, because they do a whole lot of like real high tech, like uh, body scanning surveillance and stuff like that. But they don't have to. 
like anybody with like a camera could track this guy. Like he's so like at the end, they're like, you're sloppy. Like you are everywhere. We could have done this. No problem. You're the right. worst superhero ever. And they were right. They were right. They were right. Yeah. How, how did that episode end? Uh, so, it ended with them kidnapping Goggles. and Well, not kidnapping, arresting, I guess you could say, sending him to prison. Um, and then Hicks was, like, ready to give all the information over to, to to Peter Fleming. And at the last minute, he fired him. So he kept all the information for himself. And he uh, went back and he traded the information back to Faraday for information on where Goggles was. Because it's, I mean, if... If turret and and base race, who, who's the who's the folks from uh from from Star Wars Rogue One? Bays and oh, turret, Bays and yeah. turret. If if they are canonically married, then goggles and Hicks are definitely married. So there's Ooh. a separate TV show where Hicks is trying to rescue goggles from yes. prison, and yes. I'd much rather have watched that than two fair. episodes of The Lich. Fair, no, totally <laughs> fair. Well, I, I what I something I do like uh, th- that I put in the good for this is that I I do kind of like the 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 weird uh, like world building that there's this organization called the Tarot that apparently just like all of their agents are like really idiosyncratic assassins like they've got uh, like the Tower was Kane who seems to only be able to kill someone if it is like poison and or knives and or like pastries of some kind uh it's gotta, and then, gotta have a theme gotta have a, a cooking right. and chef theme right and then goggles and hicks are like you know hicks won't meet you because he only like he only can truly know you if he's then decides to kill you and that they have this idea of like the way that they honor their victims is by becoming like intimately familiar with their lives and they store all the information on them like give them like some kind of weird immortality um i i I thought that was kind of like a, a cool angle to it i mean it does raise the question of why like given the fact that kane failed so miserably why you know peter fleming is going back for a second round with the same organization but they probably offered him some sort of discount like look we we have a different crew of weirdos for you <laughs> they they at least use like guns <laughs> of some kind <laughs> i i can't promise you that they're not weird but they at least use guns instead of uh, knives and poison and cakes uh i yeah i thought that was kind of a cool a, a cool element of like you know, maybe some potential. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm with you, uh, uh, y'all. I really thought that um, Goggles and Hicks were were a pretty cool pair. Um, and uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince is like, um, he was in um, a bunch of episodes of The X-Files. That's what I know him from. Uh, he was like a, this conspiracy theorist from The X-Files uh, back in the day. And he was really good on that, too. Who so it's always nice to see pop up. He looked so familiar to me. I I don't re- I didn't recognize him. Um, I felt like I should have recognized him, but I didn't actually. So you're not alone in feeling like maybe you saw him in something. Um, and I li- I really liked how it kind of got resolved by like they were about to break protocol and just give up like the flash drive that had all of his data. And then Peter Fleming kind of like, you know, blows up at him and says like, you're fired. And he's like, you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. And tell your boss, I'm not using you again. I thought that was a, a clever way of kind of handling the fact that they had this information on him mm-hmm. uh, and that they decided out of spite to not give it to the guy since he wasn't technically their employer anymore. And I like the fact that even though 
like clearly Hicks does not like <laughs> the cape at all. He was like, well, I'm not going to kill you because I haven't been hired to. So what would be the point? Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Oh, and I liked I really like they acknowledge the fact that because there's a lot at the beginning where, where Vince is just sort of hanging around the circus, sort of like recovering from broken ribs and stuff. They kind of acknowledge that he's pushing his body too hard. But I like that the circus is kind of like, hey, is this guy that's like a cop and like a crime fighter really welcome to just like hang around our crime circus all the time? I thought that was kind of like good that finally someone is like, you know what? It is weird that this guy is just hanging around here when we're criminals and he's like an anti-criminal guy. So his they didn't really do anything with it, but is Chad Lindbergh and he has one or two episode stints on every TV show you can imagine. <laughs> I know oh. him. I know him from Supernatural because uh, he was in season two. Uh, he played a hacker named Ash um, all the way back in season two. And then he um, was in the Fast and the Furious as Jesse, and he was in October Sky as Odell. Oh, okay. But he was on he was on X Files. He was on Buffy. He was on City of Angels. He was on uh, CSI. He was on Law and Order. He's played meth dealers on like seven shows. Like, that's what he's credited as, is either well, dealer or meth dealer specifically. He does kind of have the frame for it. Like, like very specifically meth dealer, not just drug dealer. Um, I he's see on it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was on NCIS. Ooh, I think I might know him from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, this dude's been fucking everywhere. And he was also in the, uh, in the second episode that we watched of this episode. Uh, he was mentioned, uh, the Lindbergh baby. Um, <laughs> you said you said Chad Lindbergh, right? That's yeah. totally, it's got to be him. It's got to be him. Who, who would what would the Lindbergh baby be doing other than starring in every TV show ever? Really hiding right I under mean, our noses. Probably having been dead for like sixty years, I would oh, guess, based on how old that the, place though. Uh, well, I mean, even even if the Lindbergh baby survived, I still think it. Yeah, that was a long ass be, time ago. They they, they yeah. would have passed away by now for sure. Sure. Do we, sure. Do we have anything else that worked? Uh, I mean, uh, not not for episode six, six or, or episode the whole King Kaboodle. Okay, well, well, let me know when y'all are finished because I can I can do some <laughs> riffing. Okay, well, I'll say for episode seven, I thought the cold opening was great. Tom Noonan is a really good, creepy character actor. He plays villains all the time because he's you know giant, super tall, and kind of got like a severe expression. Was was um, he the like? priestly man yeah he was preston holloway the lich's sort of like right hand uh zombie um yeah the I, the doctor or whatever the head yeah doctor. yeah yeah yeah. i i liked i i'm glad richard schiff came back because he's kind of fun playing patrick portman I, I still don't actually know what his job is now i guess he still has something to do with like prisons or ports or something um but it was kind of cool that he showed up at least for a little bit just to say Hey, there's this possible uh, lost air baby around. Um, I the, the mayor from Sons of Anarchy was in that scene too, and he's great. Oh, I didn't recognize him. Is that he's the sheriff in Sons of Anarchy? Oh, he was like the port man. Oh, in, well, I'm glad he port, had other stuff port, going the on. Port, the port master, and I was <laughs> like, oh, you're you're the guy from Sons of Anarchy. What are you doing here? And then he he left. That's the life of a TV actor. You you yeah. do what it takes. You, you you take those checks. 
like Evan said, I kind of thought it was cool that it had like a little bit of like kind of an atmospheric, like a little bit of a Hannibal, like sort of broody sort of thing going on. They couldn't sustain it all the way through the episode, but I I kind of thought that was cool. I like that the mentalist is finally actually getting to like do stuff, even if it's just like deprogramming the partially uh, like zombified uh, uh, lady that Rollo used to date that kind of incites uh, their involvement. Um, I like the little moment. There's like a moment where Peter Fleming is like arguing with um, Marty, the, the chief of police about let keeping the parade like uh, on schedule. And then like chess appears sitting across from him and says mm. like, kill them all. And he kind of like tries to hold it back. But I thought it was good insight into like, cause I had been wondering, you know, why, like if, if chess it was supposed to have died with Vince Faraday, then it makes no sense for Peter Fleming to show up as chess. But the idea that chess is like another personality that he's not a hundred percent in control of. And that's why sometimes he seems a little bit more calm and collected than other times. I thought that was kind of a cool um, attempt to sort of justify that a little bit. And at least for the first, like, I don't know, like two thirds of the episode, I felt like this was the first time we got like a, a halfway decent, like that summer Glau actually seemed invested in her performance as Orwell. Um, and, uh, it was, it was nice. And and I actually thought that the cliffhanger where he, you know, I mean, I think we all saw it coming, but where, you know, he takes off his mask and he's like, I've, I'm the lich and I've been the lich the whole time. Have a little, have a little powder in, in you. Um, I, I thought that was, um, I thought that was actually a, a, an okay, like cliffhanger to do it to, to hang a to be continued on. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It was, it was fine. Uh, the, I actually think the second part of the Lich saga, the Lich two-parter really dived harder by a significant margin than the first part. The first Mm -hmm. part held together, certainly. The, uh, episode seven was, uh, the one that I liked best of the three. It wasn't a great episode of television, but uh, it was cohesive and it was competently written. And uh, they did do at least the work of like connecting it back to the main story in some kind of a way, even if it was a way that, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit to just assume like, ah, yes, we'll find the the baby, the baby who will inherit the port, which this man can just purchase and then do crime yes. because as you know, if you own the port, uh, no laws apply to the things you bring through it. We're getting off task. We're getting off off task. And what we need to focus on is episode seven and episode eight. Sorry, the Irishman. Sorry. <laughs> Once upon oh, a time no. in Hollywood. Sorry, parasite. Uh, oh, episode parasite. seven and eight is, uh, is your, is your, uh, your Oscar winner for 2020 best picture award winning two episodes of NBC's The Cape. Oh. Are you really prepared? Are you prepared to go that far, Ronnie? Are you prepared? I'm prepared to take, I mean, as with anything, I'm prepared to take it very much from the jump street and then kind of like hedge my bets at the end and and kind of like, you know, well, I mean, this part was problematic. I I started out the episode the opposite of y'all, I think. I think think it was like, this has too much plot. None of this is going to come together. None of this is like working towards anything. 
And damn, if they didn't get all those pieces of red thread tied together on the conspiracy board. I was very shocked. Nate, you 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 do me dirty by saying I think we all saw it coming. I was beside myself. Um, it, it, it was I was not ready for it. And every every bit of the way I was I was I was hooked. Uh, I was enthralled. The family stuff. I mean, you can take it or leave it. But like, like even like the little little nitty gritty details of it. We're we're hunting for at the end of the episode for who we think is the lich in one of the creepiest places I can imagine, which is like a warehouse housing a bunch of like floats for parades, which is basically an abandoned amusement park. It was, I was super duper creepy. I was not excited about that. Even Rollo, Rollo like clearly is like doing some Catholic uh, liturgical like prayer to get the the you know the zombie stuff that he thinks is happening, the voodoo as he calls it. Like that feels kind of out of nowhere. I put in my notes, but he talks about how his. Uh, the girlfriend who he finds later who was zombied like her family was super religious and she didn't they didn't do an autopsy. Um, and so, like, is this just him, like, in his moment of fear, adopting like his loved ones, like faith to try and like make sense out of this? At one point, he's like trying to, like, pray away these these demons. And he's like, hell, Mary, full of hell, Mary. F- damn it what's next what comes next and it's like that <laughs> it's just fun and i enjoyed that like that's we we get into this like deep psyche of rollo in a way that we hadn't before um episode eight wasn't the best i i <laughs> the, the the best picture award winner this year definitely started out strong petered out but i think it still deserves the oscar um but the reason that i i keep it in there the reason it was so good was because even though I hated the whole reluctant married like child bride thing that we've actually gotten like a couple of times on ending pending shows. And I don't love that. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? Heteros. Yeah. Please stop it. it. Don't do stop that. It. Stop it. Um, it as much as I hated that, it made me have feelings about this villain, about this lich guy that I haven't had about like that the show has not given me about any big bads up to this point. Like I hated this dude because you should, but like compare that to chess where I'm just kind of like, you're just so bland. There's just like not much there. Like I, I, this, this, it really made me experience things down to like even the, the weird maid or the nurse who was like, you know, in love with the lich and, and she was like planting all these seeds and stuff like that. Like the world that they had put us into is a very, very weird world. And we are constantly saying that shows like this need to be weirder. They need to go places. And this show went there and it went maybe like in places that we would rather it had not gone, but uh, it, it went there and I, and I enjoyed like I said, episode seven, because I was positive that this whole conspiracy board needed like two or three less threads. And by the end of it, it was wrapped up. And whether you saw it coming or not, like y'all said, like it, it definitely like had a twist. Like there was something there. Um, I disagree with you that this was weird. 
I feel like this is pretty you don't bland think this is stuff. Weird? I think it's My pretty man bland had a weird stuff. Face. It's just bland stuff reskinned in stuff. I said like, oh, hey, he's got a Phantom of the Opera thing going on. Where have we seen that before? Phantom of the Opera. I mean, and it's not, I'm not saying the story was lifted from Phantom of the Opera. It, it wasn't. It was not similar to the premise of Phantom of the Opera in any meaningful way. Yeah, no one tutored but, anyone on their violin or, yeah, or no, singing but I'm, I'm abilities. I'm saying like, it's, it's what I feel like is a, a pretty mundane, uninteresting crime fighting show with weird costumes thrown on it. Just haphazardly kind of, except the carny stuff. The Carney stuff is interesting, and that's weird, and I wish we got more of that. I love the Carnies. All this motherfucker needed to do was pull up some YouTube tutorials and learn how to contour, honey. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, his face was not that fucked up. You didn't have to like, become this wild, like, chemist and, like, start, like, kidnapping and ruining people's lives. Like, just learn how to contour, honey. Yeah, not unlike, uh... Uh, what's his name? John- Gerard Butler in the Phantom of the Opera movie. His face was not that fucked up. Jonathan Van Ness. I was gonna say, I love how I love how Andy was going to respond and say Jonathan Van Ness was the person which Evan was talking about. (laughs) No, no, Jonathan Van Ness will fix all your shit. Just, just learn how to do some makeup. I can totally tell you're doing a Jonathan Van Ness thing there. All I'm I'm not doing a Jonathan Van Ness thing there. I'm just like, get, get, get some makeup, honey. Yeah, Um, honey. I, yeah, I, I found it weird. I found it like, you know, it went based on where the show had been. Um, do I wish it was a supernatural aspect? Yes. Yeah. I, why, why'd they have to explain it all away with boring, dumb, fake science? I just, just don't have him think be an evil wizard. It's so- much, much like we were not going to get Batman show up on powerless. I just don't feel like we're going to get like real world supernatural in, in the, our The Cape show. The show's just not ready. They're not ready. They're not confident enough to go away from a sort of like some kind of grounding, some kind of trying to justify right, right. everything. And it's exhausting, just like it is in like, in my opinion, in the first season of Arrow or in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies where they have to like try to explain everything and bring it back down to the real world to say, in theory, here's a way, no matter how improbable that this could exist in our world, which is not what I care about at all. Yeah. And I, and I think us watching it as viewers of television shows that last one season and wanting to see something new and wanting to see something weird. It's okay for us to say like, yeah, like let's do some supernatural. Let's get into it. These are people who are trying to ostensibly get a second season for this show. And I don't know that they have like earned much to Nate. What's Nate saying? Like it's exhausting, but also like who is sticking around for the show? Who is like, all of a sudden, an NBC network audience is like, oh, now there's magic and there's supernatural? Okay, I'll, I'll hang around here. Well, they're not willing to embrace, like, true superpowers. Right. Uh, they, they, That one girl who could predict the future, they kept saying that was some, like... Like, she was a savant, and she had right. weird, like, oh, probability... Uh, like calculating. First of all, her talent. name was Dice. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but but the point is, like that was so like it was so transparently like non science. It was so they they were grasping so hard at <laughs> at any bullshit they could throw in there to say like that it was explainable with 
science or psychology or whatever, but it's like a superhero show and they won't just go there with the superpowers. Nobody's actually got superpowers. It's all like some, some Bruce Wayne Batman shit, except less believable. Are we on negatives? Sorry. I, I would like to. I, it feels. I feel like we've transitioned. Without, we've definitely transitioned because Evan started talking, and now we're but, but Ronnie, I'm sorry, but Ronnie. I'll, I'll I want you to out. say, Ronnie. I want you to know. I, 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 I think it is very valid to have a lot of the positive feelings because I was almost there, like for most of episode seven, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of elements of the other two episodes that I really liked. So I, yeah. I do, I. Do want to make sure you feel that you have been heard and well, understood. Thank you. And well, now Ronnie, I want to talk want about to all the things too. I hate. Don't let Evan be the sourpuss here. Ronnie, Evan, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I, I was mean to you at the beginning of I have episode. no negative feelings towards you, Evan. Do I, not I worry about it I love you very much. I, I will, I will say, like, I, I, with what you were just saying, Evan, I totally agree with you. Like, the, the, the show has, like, jumped through hoops to try and, like, justify that there's not magic don't you worry there's no magic when mm-hmm. it just as easily could have like ramped up a little and be like oh maybe there's a little magic oh here's a little bit more, maybe and then get to this point where it's like nah there's straight up magic now you're here like the the audacity of the show to say that the cape was owned by who did they say Merlin. 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 Yeah, the fucking wizard Merlin and Jack the Ripper. The audacity, the the fucking arrogance of this show to say that their dumb cape was owned by Merlin the wizard and Jack the Ripper. I want that in all of it. Give me that all the time. Yeah. That, yeah. You, that's what we. That's you, what I mean when I say you give, went me, there. give me more weird. That's yeah, that's you, the weird that I'm talking about. You, I'm you, with you. You went there, and that was so bold of you. Why are you hiding now behind fake bullshit pseudoscience? <laughs> yeah. Also, even when stuff is weird, it does need to have a certain level of like writing cohesiveness. No, give me it. straight up yeah. Xena. Oh, I when when, no, I, Zena, when Preston Zena, Holloway just talking about weirdness when Preston Holloway, the Tom Noonan character who's in the police booth, starts quoting um, like the shepherd's psalm and oh just replacing God. God, the, the Lord, the lich. My eyes rolled so far to the back of my so head. Bad. I, had, uh, I, I just I just wanted to like turn my computer. I just wanted to, to cancel on Ronnie. I really did. I wanted to I be like, like, you know what? I would like to posit that Xena is competently written. The episodes th- are self-contained. They have a story. No, Xena is, but it's weird. Xena yeah. no, goes no, hard on the weird. But that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, I want stuff to be weird, but there's got to be a level. Uh, it's got to rise to a certain level of writing competency. They have a very strong sense of character on 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 Xena. Like they they. It seems like the writers really know what all the characters will and won't do, and what like the audience has come to expect and how the characters should act within that show. Uh, and you can really, even if sometimes there's some questionable decisions and stuff, they really have an affection for their characters and for like the growth of the characters in a way that the writers of this show do not. I think Evan, you were upstairs when the guy was quoting scripture and replacing all of the Lords with the Lich. That's all he did. Like King James, uh, Psalm 23, uh, but replaced all of uh, the Lord with the Lich, and it was oh, it was the worst. It was it was buck wild. Yeah, I was I just think like, you're right. I think I was in the bathroom when these that are happened, just but. 
that wow. whole part was clearly written by dumb shits who were like, we have like, if you, if you do the Bible out of context, uh, like, and say it in a creepy voice, it's scary, but they didn't know any Bible stuff. They just were like, Oh, what's that one thing about the, uh, he leadeth me beside still waters. And they just find and replaced. And it was like, there's so much creepy, weird shit from the Bible that you could have put in there. Oh yeah. Oh, listen, every movie needs <laughs> needs that scene that you can go to the bathroom on like <laughs> Avengers oh. Avengers Endgame has the the, the whole entire the movie scene. stop it stop it I will not let you do this Avengers Endgame has the entire movie I will not let you do this here the entire time I will not let you do this here you don't not have to now. watch not any here. of it anywho what I'm saying is that even best picture winners still need that scene and and this <laughs> this this one had oh. it too oh while we're talking about the lich still um was like, can you imagine a world where like people bullying a child with fucked up skin would ever land on the Lich as like a nickname? Right. To no, Liches bully someone? are cool. But but like not just that, but just like is that even something that like anybody who doesn't play like Magic the Gathering or D and D even has like a concept of that being like a no, word? No, they Unless don't. he's getting fucking bullied by the D and D nerds, in which case, like. <laughs> Even then, yeah, he is the lowest on the totem pole. Even then, they wouldn't call him the Lich though, because liches are cool and powerful. They they're call like, him and they're skeleton they call him, people, like scabby face or something. Yeah, something cobalt. And then the and, and then also that's like the lich is like a euphemism for the boogeyman because remember Vince knows about the lich and he says that's like yes. like every every yeah, precinct every, has a file yeah, called the, the lich. Yeah. That, this I want to talk about because what, what Vince says is that every precinct has a file labeled the lich. And he talks about all these killings and kidnappings and and missing persons. And he says that no, like all of them, when it's like this supernatural thing, it goes right in the lich file. And it's like, hmm, that sounds like bad policing. If all of these like probably very solvable crimes with very real perpetrators are you're just like, nah, can't explain that away. Must be the boogeyman. Move on to the next one. Also, the dude perpetrating them has been in the same place this whole time. Right. It's just the one guy and he's in a mental hospital. Yeah, they they kind of in the first in episode seven, they kind of imply that sometimes he goes around in a cloak and he's got like an army of worshipers that like are spread throughout the city. But you only ever see him or his henchmen after those like after the flashbacks from Janet, the woman that Rollo knew. You only ever see him in the context of like being in the old like Chandler ancestral house or in like the, the mental institution. And he's not anywhere else. He doesn't wear a cloak. He and and like all of his like associates are like people who like the staff and the patients at the institution. So it's like, yeah, you would think somebody would recognize that guy who was apparently a a, a preeminent doctor, you know, like who right. was in charge of this guy's care. If he was going around in his hat and cape. Which I and guess he's got is a, what they were referring to, and like around where he lives, yeah, and a, he, he didn't and move. a new, a, a new, a brand new, like a driver's license that has a recent picture of him, yet flags as him being deceased. Like, I'm not, I'm not clear on like, well, like the the lore about the whole like the pufferfish poison that turns people into zombies is like really confusing to me because, like. They die and then they're suggestible, but like, does he have to keep them constantly dosed or is it something where you like sort of reprogram them over really long periods of time? 
Also, my boy Goliath finally gets a shotgun. He's going to go kick some ass. <laughs> Vince is like, we can't. They're victims. They're brainwashed. And then fucking Summer Glau goes full river and stabs a lady in the neck yep. with a oh, yeah. poison needle and kills her and is like, fuck you, bitch. And I was just like, wait, no. Literally two seconds ago, the cape was like, we can't hurt anyone. They're victims. And she full on like rivered that guy. Well, she or, wasn't there for that part. Yeah. yeah. That I don't was, know. I th- that, The whole thing with like Ileana Douglas' character. Yeah. But the whole thing with that character, like the Ileana Douglas character, who's like weirdly fixated on him. That was just another like really unpleasant aspect of the whole. Like here's like this arrested development guy that wants to uh, like marry someone. And he has like a a childish like understanding of what like marriage and love is but then there's also like a a nurse that's fixated on him from the beginning she was like oh i didn't realize you'd be a woman or like um you know oh young faces are always pretty at first and stuff and then she's like really well, obsessed she was brainwashed with- that way right she was but the she was still written in a way that felt very strange and very sexist right. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, that was, that was totally my bizarre. issue. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, well, if you brainwash a woman, you know, they'll never stop trying to like, like they'll, they'll, they'll hate other women like yeah. on your behalf. If and you be brainwash able to, like, a woman to serve you, that as a consequence will cause her to be jealous of other women. <laughs> Which is like such a weird, like it's already kind of misogynistic to have like a whole thing about brainwashing women anyways, because that's like kind of a, like a dark underbelly of like culture anyways but then on top of that to then have it be like well you know if you brainwash a woman they're fighting each other over your affection constantly (laughs) also they kept he kept like making reference to her being old and she wasn't that old she was not no she was not like she was she was like a mature woman but she was not like an old lady and they kept, if there was like, more than a 10 year age difference between those two actors, I would be very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, she was like she was like a grown woman, but she wasn't she wasn't old. And it was very weird how they kept making a huge deal of like, no, it's it's not uh, I'm an I'm an almost married man now. I can't have an old woman hanging around my house. <laughs> and she's like, like, why not? It's a fucking abandoned Arkham Asylum place, anyways. Who gives a also, shit? Also, <laughs> you kidnapped me and brought me here. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. Oh, also, there's like, uh, like the, the the subplot of Vince teaming up with his former best friend who betrayed him to chess and is now the police chief was. Really dumb and bad. Yeah, Vince, just <laughs> kill that guy. Well, it's like that. Just not just to kill the guy, but it's like that's really like the person that you want to make a connection with is this guy that like betrayed you and is like lying to your wife on a daily basis, uh, and and doesn't really accomplish anything because like obviously Peter Fleming is like I own you, you do what I say, like I run the police, so you're gonna arrest the cape instead of working with him and it didn't really accomplish anything because he still has to like um, as the Cape talk his wife into persuading her boss, the public defender into letting him into the police station to interrogate uh, the old man, which is like if, uh, if the kid, if the kid and the wife that. don't know that, that he's the, 
like that the cape is is like Vince by now, then they never deserve to find out. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that your husband shows up on your roof in a domino mask and you don't recognize him. <laughs> Not making the, no effort to change his voice from your child's comic book, which your husband read to your child for years. <laughs> exactly. And you now read to your child. Yeah. Did I yeah. hallucinate a subplot with? Is his name Trip? Yes, the child's name is Trip. Did I did I hallucinate a subplot with Trip making a friend? No, Jerry. That happened. That happened. That kid fucking rules. I mean, it was a waste of time, but that kid fucking rules. That kid is like this universe's version of uh, uh, who's that kid from Even Steven? Oh, Beans, Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, that kid is like this. This uh, universe's Beans. I I liked the idea of the kid, and I liked like the lines he had to say. But in my notes, I have like, hmm, this kid in this show is a bad actor. How do we fix that? Oh, right. Let's bring in another bad actor for a kid. Let's let's just like round this out. <laughs> the more bad child actors in a scene, yes. uh, the, the better. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the subplot of episode six was how it trip needs to make friends because I guess, you know, earlier in the season, he was being bullied for being, you know, an alleged serial killer's son. Uh, and so like. And then they like they go out of their way to be like, oh, I just moved here, so I don't have any preconceived notions about who or what you might be. <laughs> and it's it's and then when like Dana comes home from her ill-advised like confronting of Marty at a party for like avoiding her calls, she sees the two kids together and she's like, ah, oh, everything's gonna be okay now because my son has made one friend. <laughs> one and- weird little kid <laughs> has entered our house. One weird little and- kid who has like extensive knowledge on how to do surveillance with like your home computer. Yeah. And he <laughs> like- said he's got he's got Bigfoot droppings that have turned white or something sure. like that. Werewolf, too. werewolf, yeah, werewolf yeah. droppings. He saw yeah. a werewolf, except he didn't see it, but he found its poop. Um... Mm. In episode eight, uh, the 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 word I mean, there's lots of bad parts of episode eight. I won't talk about them because it was perfect. Episode eight, like <laughs> there's the whole like dream sequence of like her imagining the wedding with Vince instead of with the Lich, and it drops like a lot of like relevatory information. Oh, yeah, that just Mm -hmm. like that wasn't like I agree. It was like stuff you could probably see coming. But like the fact like her name, which has been closely guarded, who her father is, who like that she has a thing for Vince. Like it's just all this stuff that's like you could have teased this out and really made it a reveal like a, a true like Luke Skywalker like. I, I, you know, the the chess is your father kind of thing. Like you could have right. really, it would have been good. I don't know, but it would have been better than just like having him pop up in her wedding dream. Oh, what's you doing here, daddy? Yeah, I can't, I can't I, stand I, the will they won't they with Orwell and oh, it's so yeah, bad. It okay, that's so bad. It's so bad. That shipping sucks. He's fucking married, and he has like an eleven year old son that he wants to go back to so badly. So like. Why do this? Why ship them? Also, Vince is like 20 years older than her. His only whole motivation. I mean, no, he's like five years older than her. But with this show is I got to get my family back. It's not as though like, you know, he's separated from them forever. And this is his life now. And he's got to make the best of it. No, his whole motive, everything he's doing is towards getting his family back. And now there's this summer glow thing. It's weird. It's so weird. It's like, why? Like, I understand they didn't. They felt like they couldn't, like, fridge the the wife and kill off the son. But, like, 
you can't have it both ways. You can't no. do this shipping. It just is so weird and 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 like uncomfortable because it's like there's literally like every time you want to show like her exi- like checking his body for subcutaneous implants <laughs> while he's shirtless <laughs> in a in a theater. Bad scene. Bad scene. <laughs> yeah. Every time you do that or you show her like like imagining being like about to get married to him and it's everything she ever wanted. It's like, are you just, do you want us to forget about the fact that Vince has like a wife and child or what? Like, how are we supposed to react to this any other way other than to be like, fuck you show. You didn't have to do this. I actually did kind of like revealing that she's Chess's daughter in the dream sequence though. I mean, I, what I would have done was maybe show like, like a blurry outline of like whoever her father was and her being like, no, no. And then like right before the episode ends, her having a flashback where they finally show his face or something. But, but that is Um, like, that is my other huge, huge problem with this show is that it has a massive show. Don't tell problem. Yes. um, That I think like, like I, I, it might seem like I'm nitpicking because y'all hate this show, but I think, (laughs) I think if that fact was better, I think this show would be like, like, palatable like i like we spend so much time like talking about the things that we've already shown like this whole episode seven and eight could have probably been one episode and you wouldn't have to like oh totally you wouldn't have to stretch out like the agonizing like summer glow in a in a trance kind of thing if like we would just say like we, we do the whole thing of like we go back into the in the girl's mind and we see the the sign that says like trolley platform 13 or something like that. And then someone has to come out and say, it's at trolley platform 13. We should go there. All right. I know where it is. Let's, it's just like, just go, just be there. We'll understand that you figured it out. Like it, it, it it wastes so much time and it just, it's sloppy writing. It, 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 a small thing to say, but I think this show would be a million times better if they just fixed that one aspect. I, I agree with you there. I also agree. Uh, th- certainly, I don't think it would be perfect, but uh, no. a lot of its problems would be significantly diminished yes. Yes. if they just well, trust trust the audience for a minute to put two very, very simple right. pieces together. Even, I think it, even the episodes I enjoy still feel like a marathon right yes. now. Yeah. Like, I just... like. I liked Goggles and Hicks, and at the end of it, I was like, I need a beer and a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would totally eliminate Vince Faraday's character because he basically plays like the, you know, Sigourney Weaver in um, in Galaxy Quest. Is that the right actress, Sigourney Weaver? Yes. 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 Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest. just repeating the computer. She's just repeating what the computer <laughs> yeah, says. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like, oh, well, this is the, the hideout of the lich. The lich. Oh, it was just, and he just like recounts everything. It's just like we could just write this character out of the show, which is, would be good. At, uh, one, at one point, he says like all the, they they cause a blackout in episode six of the whole city, and um, they realize that it is indeed Goggles and Hicks doing it. And Vince says we're sitting ducks out here. And I say if anyone benefits more from the city being in total darkness than a caped vigilante with a mask, like. <laughs> This is your playground. Like, this is where you thrive. Like, you are the worst superhero ever. Like, I just get out of this show. You have you have two powers. One is you have a bulletproof cape that you use to, like, hide around in. And the other is you throw smoke pellets and teleport. Like, yeah. You don't have to do either of those things. Like, yeah. 
I Ugh. yeah I to your point Ronnie I was actually thinking about this I I don't think network television was ready for this in 2011 like it would have been a hard pitch I'm sure to make but if if they did some kind of like Astro City style anthology show like set in you know the universe of the Cape with with you know the Carnival of Crime being like one focus and then you know Ark and Peter Fleming and Chess being another focus. And, you know, then like these other, you know, the police or something else, like it it could very easily have worked without Vince being in it at all, because I think episode seven, where he reveals that he knows like about the lich from his time at the police force, that might be the only time on the show so far that Vince has known something and had to explain it to another character rather than the other way around. Yes. Yeah, I I, like and there's another part like when we see the cape fighting like bad guys like it it kind of makes sense when we see the cape like towering over his son like in in conversation it kind of makes sense in this episode we saw like the cape interacting with like grown adults in like normal conversation and not combat and it was the goofiest thing i've ever seen of him just like stalking on like another parking level just like Oh, let's we need to get in there and we need to take care of this. And they're like, okay. And he's like, okay, great, follow me. And we just see him like stalk away. <laughs> he just like, if if this show is about goofy, like just like falling over himself, silly the cape, I'm here for it. But it's so self-serious. And I it's it was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I also would say that the 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 last time they show him in his full cape costume in like a well-lit scene the better because like during the day when he's going out hunting for that truck uh that didn't seem to be very important for most of like those two episodes uh like it looks real bad when he's in like broad daylight walking around in in that outfit like you can you can definitely tell in the daylight that that uh breastplate is made out of like warbler and not real metal oh yeah It's, it's like a plasticky sort of a lumpy thing it looks like one of the uh full armor of god breastplates that were in every like sunday school classroom (laughs) it looks very bad yes yeah peak peak bible man breastplate oh yeah no bible man don't don't impugn bible man he had a much better breastplate than that i loved this this these three episodes and i'm pretty sure i've just hit my limit of being able to talk about nbc's the cake (laughs) I think I, I think I think I did it. I think that's that's all we can say. I, I don't think we can talk about it anymore. I uh, also would like to not. Um, let let's run down the line. Uh, hey Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. This whole kit and caboodle. Nope. Ev- all the episodes. <laughs> it's not <laughs> nope. all the episodes of NBC's The Cape. Uh, hold on, I had my headphones out. I, I I couldn't hear whether or not what you said. Uh, is it working? There were like two that I've that I've liked. The rest have been very bad. Evan. No. These these all the episodes. <laughs> all the episodes of NBC's The Cape. All the all eight that we've watched so far. Are they working for you? Oh wait, how many no. Hey Nate, we watched eight episodes. Well, you you ostensibly have probably only watched five. Have you watched the middle three? I mean, you did it at some point in in past. I I have my memories to sustain me, and I, <laughs> oh, and I, need I think that's your else. answer, oh. Ronnie. I, Nate, I think that Nate, 
I, I want to make sure I say that I love these episodes. You just gave me a very bad feeling that I will someday have memories of this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not great. That's no. not a good feeling. <laughs> I still think, I mean, I saw, I saw the Dice episode eight years ago, and I still think about it every once in a while. Oh. That's, that's I still haunting. think about them being like Tracy. No, and she going, "I told you, my name is Dice." <laughs> oh. I still How think do you about win your that. eggs. Fertilize. Oh no! I'm well, gonna, I oh. will the say, only I'm glad way, that the only way it could have been better is if he'd said it in the Batman voice. <laughs> Fertilized. I, I will say, I have three pages of notes, and the first page is just. Fertilized in all caps for the entire page because it is. I am never going to not know that that happened. Um, well, so so no, uh, Ronnie, it's not working for sure. me. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. These <laughs> eight episodes treating you, buddy. Um, it's a real. It's real tough. Uh, I I am on record as of enjoying the first two episodes, uh, and also enjoying these last three. I still think as a whole, I'm playing, even with these episode synopses, I'm playing pretty fast and loose with my headcanon. Um, I have to say that on a whole, this show is is not working now. Oh, okay. I, I will say that I'm hoping that I'll enjoy the last two episodes. Like, I've enjoyed one episode, I think, from each batch. Listen, just so decide. Hopefully, just, here's hopefully the thing. these last two. You don't have to decide that the last two are good. Just decide that they could be. Like, that's what I did. I just, like, had a conversation with myself, and Believing I was like... the potential. I was just like, the cape, huh, Ronnie? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, but what if good? And I said, hmm, interesting theory. <laughs> See, that's an interesting... I guess I guess I just don't have enough of a, of a, of a good soul, Ronnie, because I... I am I can't I can't with potential to be good versus actual goodness at this point. <laughs> I in my, Ronnie, in my we in need my an life, ending pending t-shirt that says, but what if show good? <laughs> <laughs> it's just tough uh, when I'm watching the cape next to the pure, unadulterated joy that is the Mandalorian right now. Uh, and that little Muppet. So it's, it's it's tough to be watching the cape and being like, there I it could is. just be rewatching The Mandalorian right now over and over is. and over again. Nate is here. We talked about High School Musical, the musical, the series. And we've talked about The Mandalorian. And we've talked way too long about the cape. We have hit the trifecta. Um, yeah, fuck this show. Um, <laughs> just decide that it could be good for the next episode. Just try it. Just I'm try hoping. it. I'm just hoping. try it. Open yourself it, up to the possibility. Uh, Nate, anything that you want to plug? Well, once again, uh, I would recommend if you're interested in music history and some of the more niche musical genres or just fun, uh, uh, snappy podcast titles, you could check out uh, Satan and Rainbows, available however you listen. Um, we're in the middle of a very interesting uh, season that's um, – like totally outside of anything that I've ever done before. So I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, and we'll have a Patreon soon. So uh, definitely check that out. If I that just sounds you guys cool. A review. I like your, your, your podcast very much. Oh, did you? I'll have to, I'll have to read it uh, out loud. I, I never check because our review section is usually a graveyard. So I'll, ne- I, I'll have to check that and, and read it on the next show. It's, it's a great Thanks. review. If I do say so myself. Oh, um, you can f- find more uh from ending penning uh you could look us up on twitter 
at PendingPod. Find us on Facebook at PendingPod. Find us on Instagram at EndingPending. You can send show submissions uh, to PendingPod at gmail.com. Hey, Nate, would you re- would you recommend uh, sending show submissions to PendingPod at gmail.com? Out of spite? Yes. (laughs) You better believe I'm going to send one a week going forward. (laughs) Well, then you better clear your schedule because we are going to bring you through it, kicking and screaming along with us. Never mind. No, never mind. No, don't do it. Uh, speaking of which, we will we are going to navigate our schedule to be able to have Nate on for this finale because, again, out of spite, Nate is, it, there's no way Nate is getting out of enjoying this oh. entire experience with us. You're trapped um, here. Nate. You can watch oh, it for I, free on NBC.com. You can watch oh, it for free on this for the first time. Um, okay. And, uh,. On that note, make sure you check out LunarLightStudio.com and lunar and Patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Lots of great uh, stuff there for you to enjoy. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Tell him. <laughs> lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Mm-hmm.